situations regarding um, child safety, sexual violence, materials in this podcast or in this specific episode that may be particularly triggering to some people. So please um, listen with caution. And we, again, would love to hear your feedback. So let us commence on speak of the Lord. It almost slipped my mind. I'm so glad you remembered that. Um, yeah, what did I, what was everyone raised in growing up? Black Baptist Church. I also was Christian. I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I was raised Presbyterian. Thank you for being here today. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's fun to be here. It's really fun to be here. First memories in the church. I I, I, I went to I went to um, a religious ed classes on week. I don't know if it was during the week or on weekends. Um, oh, like catechism or whatever? Yeah. Or like they pull you from elementary school? Yes. I think I either went there like after school or I was there on the weekends. Uh-huh. But I remember like hanging out in the rooms and like talking about the Bible. I think that's like the earliest memory I had. I don't know. Yeah, mine was Bible study, but I also went to a Catholic elementary school, just because it was close to my house. Uh, <laughs> so I went to a Catholic elementary school and then a Baptist, a black Baptist, a pre- predominantly black Baptist church. Um, so those are two very conflicting uh, things going on there. Uh, mostly just because of just like the added spiritualism of like black ancestry and then the predominantly white Catholic school. And um, yeah, it was very, very strange dynamics switching between those two. And they just caused a lot of confusion for me as a kid. Cause like one of the biggest early memories I have is when I was in like third or fourth grade. And um, as a Baptist, we don't really pray on the rosary or we don't use the rosary to pray. And we don't like pray to patron saints. We don't do that. Um, we like, we pray to- god jesus and we're just like all right skirt we're finished 
I remember every May we had to stand outside at school and pray over the rosary to this giant Mary statue. And we were just like, huh, it was me, my older sister, uh, like two or three other black kids um, who were also Baptists and um, these two girls who were Muslim. And we were like, okay, well, we'll just like hold the rosary out of respect, but like, we're not going to pray to the Mary statue to our to the patron mother Mary, because that's just, that's just not our belief system. And for us, we're like, that feels like it's kind of like false and kind of disrespectful one to us and to you guys. Like, cause that's just, that's not what we practice. And one of the teachers dead ass tried to like fail us. And she's like, if you don't do these, if you don't pray to the rosary, and if you don't pray to the statue, then you guys will be fair religion. So I switched schools in fifth grade. Uh. <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> no, I was like, I didn't go to first grade. I was homeschooled up until then. And then when my parents got divorced, the first like school I ever went to was in a church. <laughs> it was like literally in a church. Like they had a classroom and it was like a, a couple of other kids, but it was mostly just like, Bible stories, like just sessions where they'd sort of like sit you down and you'd sing songs that I've never been able to get out of my head. Watch Veggie Tales, stuff like that. Anyone ever did that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having to go to these certain classes, but I don't know if it was specifically like Sunday school or what it was. But I didn't really go for that long. I remember like learning about Jesus a bit, but I was so like I fucking hate it here that I think my parents well my parents were always very much like they didn't try to force us into the religion because my dad went to like catholic school like all of his life so like he still definitely like has his beliefs and whatever my my mom has her beliefs and everything but my dad was very much like presbyterian is more of like a chillaxed environment to like bring some kids up in I guess um I don't know but they were never really hard on us and like tried to force us into like doing anything that we didn't want to do so that's pretty dope and I'm very grateful to have parents who were like that so I think I went for a little bit and I did that and I tried it but I didn't really like it so my parents took me out of it but every time we went to church yeah the kids just went somewhere else and watched Veggie Tales for a couple of what well, not a couple of hours, but it felt like hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we would just watch Veggie Tales, and then as we got older, we obviously like, you know, sat in on mass and everything. And I don't know. It was pretty. It was fine. Like I don't think we've ever had any sort of allegations or anything towards um, my like pastor or anything. Um, my pastor's pretty pretty chill he's pretty nice i don't know i guess Does everyone here still like subscribe to the religion they were brought up in that would be a negative everyone okay <laughs> for those who cannot see this zoom <laughs> Mm. And Kenya's like waffling her hands, like a little of this, a little of that. I really don't. Um, I just think that's so interesting. I think, I think definitely like the time you grew up had something to do with it too, because like that's what you were supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to start a family. You're supposed to raise your children in a religion which you and your spouse have chosen to like settle on and whatever. 
and they're supposed to grow up and marry someone and keep the religion and show their children. And crazy. sometimes I feel like people forget, like, for why? Like, for why are we listening to these stories? And I'm going to call them stories because that's what they are. I almost thought you said... They're stories with morals to teach you a lesson, just like literally any other story. I'm not saying Jesus didn't exist. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was a messiah. Maybe he wasn't. I'm just saying that Jesus didn't write the Bible, okay? A bunch of people did. A bunch of different people. A bunch of different brown people wrote the Bible, okay? So I'm sorry if that's, like, not in alignment with your, how you feel about the Bible, but, like, that's what the Bible is. It's a bunch of brown people who wrote a bunch of stories so that they could teach the kids how to behave, and that's it. There's no... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shit on people either because I'm like, I know that faith and religion can be really powerful and helpful to certain people in their lives. But like thinking about how it became about, like it kind of grew out of mythology, which was essentially like the first people's way of like storytelling, which is fine. Um, but now the Vatican is its own thing and it's like its own like nation. <laughs> I'm just like, that seems like a lot. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Um, and with Casal, Casal, Catholicism in particular, there is a lot of scandal. There is a lot because there's a lot of power. And I think that goes for any church. There's a huge power dynamic and like, it's not helpful all the time. And it's a little like, I don't know, psychotic. Like, I don't know. Some people think it's great. I think it's a little psychotic when pastors are like, God spoke to me and he told me like, how, like, how did that happen? How did your brain get there? I'm sure that that's a hundred percent what you believe. I'm not doubting your belief. It just, it just seems a little, um, I don't even know what to call it. It seems a little presumptuous to assume that you are being chosen by God. I don't know. We're all, we're all quote unquote, perfectly designed. I read a book with my toddler that I watch every day, um, called mm-hmm. how, uh, Karamo, Karamo from the fab, from Queer Eye wrote it about how oh, every single person is perfectly designed. I c- cried. I was like wiping tears away. I was like, did you like this story? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. We're all perfectly designed. But I just feel like religion is a way for white people in particular to center themselves and be like, I am an instrument of God and therefore everything I do is good. Um, But also at the same time with Catholicism, especially being like, you are bad. Everything you do is bad. Shame, shame, shame. Um, so it's really conflicting. It's very, like, confusing in my brain for me. I went to a Catholic wedding recently, and, I mean, one, <laughs> it, was, it was my friend's It was my friend's wedding, and I was a bridesmaid in it, and honestly, like, it was beautiful, and I had an amazing time, and I am so happy for her, and I, oh, it was great. But I won't lie, I was also 
there were a lot of th- just you know because I'm I'm not Catholic, so there was a lot of things that I was like, what do I do now? What's happening? <laughs> like I was, <laughs> I had I was so guys. I don't know if this is like mean or not to say, but I was so glad I had a mask on because all the words that they say, I. I was like watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Like I, I had no, I didn't know. And like, I felt so bad. Like I felt wrong for being there and like for watching these people who like, like the, the, the family that, um, like my friend's family and everyone like they're they're very seriously religious and there's obviously nothing wrong with that but it was such a different dynamic from what I've I'm what I'm used to seeing it was very interesting but else also like like I was in charge of playing the music while we were all getting ready and I literally I had no idea what to play half the time because I was like how do I not offend anyone by saying the word motherfucker (laughs) and um it was like it was just stuff like that that, like I wasn't used to people being so um specific I guess you could say in terms of yeah like in terms of like the I don't even yeah I guess like the respect maybe I don't know it was just a very different atmosphere and I think that's something that like I don't know if I'll ever be fully comfortable with is like seeing people who take it so seriously but in turn makes other people feel so uncomfortable by the fact that they don't know what's going on yeah okay well Heather that's super valid and it actually makes me think I don't even know what to call it anymore um childhood best friend whatever um just recently became Catholic because She's marrying a Catholic. I, I, that is, oh, that's hard. I don't like, want to say it's just because she's marrying a Catholic. She went to like a Catholic college, but I also am just kind of like, that feels weird to me. That feels weird to me to like jump into religion later in life. And that's like a it thing. It's like backward to me. It feels it's, very backwards. <laughs> it's so real. It is such a thing. And I really didn't realize how prominent it still is to do that like to make sure that like like if you like almost as if like you will never make your your spouse truly happy if you're not like in the same religion as them or like people do it for the sake of making sure they can get married in a church in a certain way and I did not realize how prominent that still is in this time but it really is and I it is so hard to become Catholic later in life it is so so hard and so time-consuming to do that and I just find it really interesting that it is so difficult to become a different religion or to identify as something else like you you wouldn't think that it would be that hard right <laughs> like, know, if people want to say up. yeah like you know it's like if you want to say or like tell people that you uh accept all people I guess it's like it's a very interesting thing that it would also be so difficult to be accepted um and that goes for obviously so many things so many things um but also like going back to like 
that wedding for a second. I am, I definitely, like, don't mean that they, like, personally, like, did anything to make me uncomfortable or, like, that, you know, they said anything that made me feel like I didn't belong because they're all amazing people. But it was just my personal experience of being someone that wasn't brought up in that way, feeling as though I was just inherently different for not understanding what to do at all times and being so extremely anxious of, like, messing up. Yeah, because no, the there's a lot of like structure within the Catholic Church, and like if I wasn't going to Catholic a Catholic high school at the time that this happened, then I wouldn't have known either. But like they changed the whole Roman Missal, or they didn't change it; they like fixed the translation. So the words that are said now in a Catholic Mass yeah, in English are like what should have been said from the beginning. Yeah. But, I don't even know. It's just, it's just silly. It's just so silly to me. I'm like, it's just old writing. That's all it is. And it's just trying to encourage you to be a better person. And most people are still pretty fucking shitty. So like, what? Like, why? Like, It's not working. It's not working. Let's toss it away and try something else. Sorry, I mean, that made that offensive. But. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know what it's like for other things. I just know Catholicism in particular is a lot of like, you're bad. You're not, you're bad. That sounds bad. If you go to a Catholic mass, no one's going to be like, you're terrible, but it's also like sin is bad. And like, we're all sinners. And like, like, that's the thing is that like, I'm not going to lie. Like the, like I've had like a, like a fair amount of priests who have like definitely had subtext that all goes back to like, you're this way or like you are bad, like all that stuff. Like I've had, like I've, it's weird to like feel like someone is indirectly constantly trying to make you feel bad all the time i guess it's i don't know it's like they won't say it to your face but Ooh, they'll never say it to your face so with with i, I talked about this talked about this a little bit earlier um in terms of like rediscovering and relearning a lot of different things in terms of like being raised in um, a Black Baptist church, but then also being now openly bisexual. Wow. Um, <laughs> the amount of times where I genuinely like try to destroy that part of myself because I genuinely thought that like I was wrong, like to the point where I just completely, I stonewall like negated everything about being any type of non-heterosexual even just the whisper of gay no don't touch me it's not me no thank you but um i was talking to my own sister about it earlier too and we both had very similar experiences except like hers it she didn't like it, she didn't realize that she was pansexual until like a little bit later on in life whereas i kind of already knew when I was much younger that I was not a straight woman. But um, being in, like one of the, I don't know why I've been thinking about this one particular incident so heavily the past week, but um, I just remember we used to have like Bible study meetings and there was one, we used to have like one a month where like all ages would like be together. So it'd be like the kids, the adults, old people, everyone. Um, for one of the classes of a month, we would be in like the chapel and we would have just like a big ass meeting. And uh, we were talking about homosexuality and the sin. You can't see, but I'm doing air quotes, the sin 
of homosexuality and my little stupid ass sitting in the front freaking row and I'm just sitting here just absorbing how much like low-key hatred was in my body for myself um because I just remember the minister low-key being looking like proud of the fact that they had denied um a gay couple for being married in the church like they wanted my pastor to bless the wedding and he refused and then the minister was just like he was like retelling the story about it and he was like so proud of the fact that they had denied this couple like legitimacy of being married in a church because these both these two men had been raised christian and they wanted the pastor to bless the church or they wanted him to bless the union and he wouldn't and so when he was recounting it he was like yeah well we love all people however we will not tolerate or we will not accept this specific thing and you know when you're like 11 years old two plus two equals seven and i was just like in my brain i was like okay right i can love myself and just not accept the fact that i'm not straight i can do that that makes sense and now 21 almost 22 i'm just like that makes no sense how are you supposed to say oh i love you for who you are but i refuse to accept this part of you and so for the longest time i really was just like something is wrong with me and i'm not correct so um do i die do i just like pretend do i just like never never talk about it and um i was talking about that with my older sister today and she just like out of left pocket she starts apologizing and she was just like because she remembered she was like 11 years old and she went to this protest against gay marriage and yeah and this is like again this is before she had come to realization so she's actually pansexual so she was just like i know that like way back then you didn't harbor any ill will towards me because like you know we were both raised in that really unhealthy um environment with those very specific people but she was just like but knowing how that made you feel now she's like i'm so sorry i never wanted you to ever feel like you were not valid and who you loved and like where where you were like going in your heart or who you decided to be in your heart like she's like I never wanted you to feel invalidated like that and she was like I'm so sorry and like discussing with myself that like I even thought about supporting something that was against you and she was like and also against myself she was like there's just so many things that I could have done better for both of us had I one realized like what I was earlier or who I was earlier. And then two, just like realized for myself how a lot of things just weren't adding up for us being in that environment. And um, so that kind of hit like extra hard today. And it just, it just, just made me remember like the fact that as young kids, one, I feel like growing up as a young black woman I think I was mostly just trying to like take away as many things that could make me a minority as possible. Whereas like, I didn't want to identify as too black. I didn't want to identify as bisexual. I didn't want to um, be too feminine, but I also didn't want to be too masculine. I didn't like, I was trying to make sure like there is, I was trying to make myself a blank slate. Similar. And it just wasn't working. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why. And I'm just like, you're lying to yourself all because you like we were really taught that this god 
who is all knowing, who is all loving, who is all powerful, had exceptions to being all loving and all knowing and all powerful. And it took me like, that's the reason I was like switching my hands a lot because I do still see beauty in believing in a Jesus Christ um, and in a God. I believe God's a black woman, but that's my own personal preference. <laughs> um, but it was just like, so I still find security and safety in that, but I'm most definitely not, I don't identify as Christian. I think I identify more as spiritual mm. because I do still see validity. English is hard. I still see validity in other religions because I refuse to believe one religion is completely correct because that makes no sense. That is impossible because most religion is based off of the word of man. And those motherfuckers lie. Yeah. So, I would like to agree with you. <laughs> something that I've always thought was really strange, but also like not, is that so being a human is like scary, right? I like, hate it here. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, it's a very difficult task to uphold. Um, so like, and and I think the main reason for that is because there's so much shit we like don't know. don't know a lot of stuff we're but humans and it started it started with mythology it started with like here are these powerful gods and they're in charge of like these certain things and whatever and like even with mythology stories were told so that you could learn things and how to behave in society and then and that makes sense it makes sense to find comfort in something for a really long time mythology fit that satisfaction for lack of a better term of like okay don't worry we had a good harvest like the gods are happy with us like we're chilling we're doing good like that was the thought process whatever whatever and then you know as things started progressing and evolving heroes quote-unquote were created by white men religion quote-unquote was created by white men even though it's about brown people so it's just like really frustrating to me as an individual to be like these like how truly i'm not even a religious person anymore like i really don't i think if i was talking about when you say that what's that what religion are you specifying when you say the religion that's like created by white men like, are you talking about, For like, me, modern... I'm talking about, like, the Bible. Okay, okay, because there's still, that, like... Yeah, you're right, that wasn't specific. Um, in America, in particular, Christianity slash Catholicism, but, like, you know, Christianity, and because that's, like, the umbrella term for a lot of... For any religion that believes in Christ as the Son of God, Christianity. That Christianity and the fascist police state that we exist in are so intertwined and they help each other they help each other like stay afloat and it's just like scary let them sink (laughs) let's not forget that like there's a lot of um origin stories of i'm shifting my body there's a lot of origin stories in the bible including the birth of jesus that were like strikingly similar to origin birth stories from like way back in ancient Africa, more specifically ancient Egypt, also known as Kemet. 
Um, because like I was, I can't, I cannot remember the source to like save my life. I'm gonna try and find it, and I'm send it. If I can find it, I will send it to Amelia after. Um, but very, very loosely, um, there was a Egyptian goddess. She essentially she was like a fertility goddess. She gave birth to this figure that was very resemblant of Christ, and uh, this person was essentially a messiah, and he was sent down to live amongst people and save them from the horrors and terrors of their own um, mistakes. A few thousand years later, you got Jesus Christ, or who was named as Jesus Christ. And for some reason, he turned into a white man. Plot twist, I'm pretty sure I've said this in other podcasts, there are no white people in the Bible. And this is not to say like, oh, they just didn't exist because they existed. But there were like everyone in the Bible was dark-skinned brown people. Santa Claus was a dark-skinned Turkish man. I cannot find myself giving full acceptance. I physically cannot put complete faith in modern-day Christianity, which is why I identify more as spiritual now, because like I said, um, me and my sister and a lot of other like younger people of our generation, of Gen Z, like at least from my demographic, like the younger African-American or Black American people who were raised Baptist or in a, some form of Christianity, now we identify as mainly just like Christian spiritual because we all still believe like like there was a Jesus Christ who was um, sent as a prophet to guide us and save us from our sins and whatnot. However, like the things that are deemed as sinful didn't make sense because last time I checked, being gay was not a Ten Commandment. You know, there are some things that just aren't adding up. And you're just like, you know, I just, I'm not going to blindly believe something because an old man in a robe told me to. Right. I agree Can't. with you. I remember there are so many times where I would, like, ask questions. Because, again, there's nothing in the Bible that says it's wrong to ask questions. There's nothing wanting to learn about your faith. Because in order to practice it and have faith in your faith, you need to learn about your faith. Right. Mm. Right. <laughs> like, so mad at us for asking questions, and it wouldn't be like like gross like wow questions. It would literally be like, well, why did God put the put the tree of knowledge in there in the first place if He is all knowing and He already knew that they were going to take the apple and whatever, whatever, or they were going to take the fruit, they were going to eat it. He knew that Satan. What was going to happen? Why did He do it? Like, why would He do it? Why would he, do it? If he knew that Satan was going to do this, why did he even make Satan? Like, why he do that? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Well, and why is it always a he? I thought God didn't have a gender. That's crazy. Wait. Give me answers. <laughs> <laughs> but we dead used to get in trouble for asking questions. I'm like, that don't make no sense. How you want me to practice this and you won't teach me about it? Mm. Why are you only teaching me your version of it? Because I could literally go to another... Ch- after, after I graduated high school, I didn't go back to that church until my father's funeral and then even then I didn't go back to church until I went like last year with my friend Peng. Hi Peng if you ever see this. Um, love you. Hi uh, Peng! <laughs> hi Peng. Um, but I went to church with him and it was a completely different experience because it was literally just we were all really just sitting there vibing out. There were no strict dress codes. There was no you have to come in your Sunday best. It was literally just like yo 
You got pants, put them on, it's cold. You got you got a shirt, put it on, it's cold. Um, we about to sing, we gonna have donuts after this, and um, oh we just God, gonna talk about donuts. it. Oh. We have donuts. There and the pastor was mad chill too. He came up in jeans. I was like, they can do that, but um, <laughs> he literally just it, it was that. I think that's the reason I'm. I still believe in some aspects of Christianity in terms of like Jesus and God and everything because like of that experience because like those were they believed in the same God and in the same Messiah but they were just like no we're not here to shame anybody we don't care what you do it's your private life what what do I have to do with your relationship with your God that ain't got nothing to do with me we're just here to commune with each other because we have a common interest which is all church actually is that's what makes me very curious about currently, like, I, because uh, I was in, like, Baptist church in, like, Oregon, which, as we all know, is actually probably the most, is the most racist state out of the entire 50 states. <laughs> it's just a fact. It is. It's a terrible place. It's just to be. a fact. It's just yeah. a fact. It's horrible. It's horribly scary. Yeah. It was cringy being, like, a Middle Eastern person sitting there and having these white people pat themselves on the back being like we just got back from jerusalem and we were trying to spread the word and i was like you were not invited you went there and i was like eight years old this this is just yeah but it's funny because you'll drive around and then like i i am actually very curious growing up and having such negative experiences in those places that will like make you cringe like every single bone in your body uh, with uncomfortable like how uncomfortable it is being there but the ones who are being more accepting to like the gay community or they'll have pride flags like hanging outside of their church I'm curious like not enough to attend but I do want to know like like how, how are you actually incorporating these people into your space like did you just change it or is everyone like I mean like not like just change it this is how it should have been but what made you all of a sudden like you know exactly. I don't know curious because how are these young gays who are young people who are queer like myself who were growing up who felt similar to Kenya like that trapped like I, I am disgusted at myself like I shouldn't feel this way how are they now growing up what how are you teaching the word of God and not shaming them at the same time like I want to know like are you doing it right? Is there an actual person who is queer or whatever who's in there who's teaching you about Jonah? Right. Is there like a queer Yeah. I'm curious about that because I'm just like, it, it, I don't know. Really, like, what are you doing here? Like, are you, are you just trying to raise attendance? Are you actually like yeah. learning? Cause like, it's yeah. one thing if you're like, if you're actively learning and being like, oh, okay. Some of the stuff I was saying before really was like out of pocket and didn't make sense. All if of a sudden, not acknowledge it and then being like, we accept all people. It's like, what did you do before? We accept all people. Like, we accept <laughs> like, like what are you doing to actively, like, show the people that you are now inviting into that space? How are you inviting them into a safe space? Because if I go back to my old church now, and then they're like, they got a pride flag sitting outside, and if I go back in there, and then someone says, ooh, so I heard your little podcast, you know, um... You know, it's it might just be like a phase that you're going through. No, 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 it's not a phase, Gertrude. Gertrude, I, I don't actually know someone named Gertrude. It was just the name. But, um, yeah, like, no, Gertrude, um, I do find women attractive as well. Yes, yes. If I walk in here with a girlfriend, what are you going to say to me? Right. Because I can, I can leave. I can literally walk out, and what are you going to do? Chase me? I dare you. 
I can't think, think of a single place, a single church I would ever feel comfortable doing that. There are, I mean, I, obviously I'm even looking out for just day-to-day businesses, neighborhoods, streets, I feel comfortable well, holding hands. I think, or, I think you know. people forget is that churches are, are businesses. Yes. They're, at least churches are very much businesses. And so I think that, I mean, and not for all churches, I mean, maybe, yeah, because I, I am also curious as to how they have opened their doors for the gays. Um, and then, like, what, what does it mean, you know, to be like, welcome, join us. Um, Look at us, we got little flags. <laughs> we got the flags. We bought the flag off of Amazon. <laughs> better stop buying shit off Amazon. Jeff Bezos does not need your money. Um, Big facts. But it's like, I'm curious as to, like, what is exactly is going on and, like, oh, are you actually, like, making room for these people? Are you just trying to, like, diversify instead of being, like, equitable to your congregation? Um, But, like, I know for, and when when I'm speaking about things, I'm usually talking about it through, like, a Catholic lens because that's been my primary experience within religion. The only reason that priests can't marry women is because back in the day, if they were to marry women, then they would have owned property. And then when they die, the property would have gone to their wives and children instead of to the church. So if you're wondering why priests can't get married, it's so that the church can accumulate more wealth, period. There's no there's no such thing as celibacy. There's no such thing as sex is bad. That's the thing that really, I think, really fucked me up about religion. Is that like sex is bad? Shaming of sex and like don't even fucking look at other people's skin. Like that is shameful and like you're a whore and you are worth nothing. Like that's I think that's the thing that really fucked me up. I'm sure among other things. Um, it was also comments. really heavy, like shameful, like piggybacking off of like the sex is bad. It was so shameful only towards the girls only towards the people with the genes, only towards the women identifying people of this earth. Well, because, because they have babies, because they can get pregnant and they're not supposed to abort those babies because that is wrong. Quote and that would mess yeah, me and it's up just policing, so... And it's all just about control. It's not actually about becoming better people, becoming more loving. It's about control. It's about putting people in place. And I had this conversation with my sister a couple weeks ago because I we were talking about we were having a conversation about our parents and I was like, you know what? I think religion plays such a large part into like our mother's psychology and how she looks at things as being very black and white. My sister's like, oh my, I didn't even think about, I don't think that she's, my sister's like as scarred from religion as I am. Like I really hate it. And she's just kind of like, whatever. I mean, you know, she's not religious pathologically really that much anymore, but like, I'm like, fuck that place. Um, <laughs> literally. Um, but not because like anything crazy traumatizing happened, but just because like overall, like I feel like it just produces more harm than good. Like ultimately, I feel like the Catholic Church has done a lot more harm than good. And like maybe it hasn't, maybe it has, but like there's some really shitty things. They've done some really shitty things financially, sexually, like it's all horrible. I can't condone it. I condone it. Like I subscribe to absolutely nothing. And I think that's, I, I don't think it's religion that I necessarily have a problem. I think it's not, it's definitely like organized religion that I have a problem with. Yeah. Yes. It's all about power. That's, 
that's what I like. I agree with you. Because I don't know what I identify with anymore. I don't even want to exist sometimes. But I agree with not really enjoying organized religion. Because who's in charge? A white man. A white man is in charge. He's always in charge. He's always a white man. It's not a white man. It's still a fucking man. (laughs) He's trying to be white. Also, Heather, I'm very happy that you exist. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna lie, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's so hard. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, fast forward to other religions. There are religions that have very deep cultural ties. And I remember we were talking with, um, we were talking about this with Heather before. Um, and my personal opinion on studying or dealing with religions or spiritualities that have very deep cultural ties. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking specifically about things like like Buddhism and uh, Shintoism and um, Voodoo and Santa Maria. I'm talking about like those things. If there, there are these things that are called closed practices, people. Um, and there are some things that are very dangerous to mess around with. Whether you believe it's real or not, to two people who practice it that is some very real shit and that is some very dangerous shit and as someone of, of um, black origin and various other origins but primarily black that is some very real stuff don't play with stuff if you haven't been invited into doing it like 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 heather was saying how um, she was really interested in learning about voodoo like literally just like the study of it and yes like Exactly, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with reading on it and wanting to learn about it and educating yourself on it. There is nothing wrong with that. Where the issue lies is when there are people who are outside of that culture try to jump in and practice it, thinking that it's a game, like it's a fucking Ouija board, which you shouldn't be playing with Ouija boards either. I feel like people think that that's a game. It's not a joke. It's not a game. It is. That it's shit always real. white girls. <laughs> it's That's always white girls. Like, hey, you want to do a Ouija board? Let's go into this Yo. abandoned building and do the Ouija board. My friend is someone pulled that shit, and I kid you not, I literally like flipped the board and I left the room. You're not playing with me like this. Absolutely not. Not in this dorm building. Okay. I will burn this whole thing down. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. It's the same way you wouldn't fuck with someone. At, you wouldn't fuck with like a witch. Don't fuck with voodoo priests and priestesses just don't 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 just if if it's something that you feel a spiritual connection to go to the correct people to figure out how to properly induct yourself into it or to see if you should even be practicing it in the first place it's not a game that is someone's life and their whole existence and where many people have dedicated their literal souls to practicing these things and for you to just waltz up in there and just like oh well papa legba chose me no he didn't no he didn't the law don't speak to people they don't all right yeah in vain witch talk get the fuck out of my face get the fuck out of my face like i'm sorry white women if you're listening to this and you think you're a witch thank you (laughs) you're not you're not. You're not. I'm so sorry. I'm so so cringy. Sorry. It's so yeah. cringy, but bro. You're not. Like paganism out your window. You shouldn't have it in the first place. That should 
burn some rosemary. I don't fucking care. Not rosemary. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just like, come, guys, it, listen, listen. You're not a witch. You're not pagan a witch. Rituals, <laughs> pagan rituals and voodoo rituals are not the same. They're not the same. We are not the same. We are not the same. Hey, <laughs> you're not a witch. Stop buying sage from places. It's actually really bad right now to be buying sage. Not any time to be buying sage. I'm guilty of it. I've bought sage before and I've, you know, now I don't because it's not for me and I shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to do my own little egg ritual because that's my culture. <laughs> um, little egg cleanse. But I will not be buying sage. That's it. It's, Look, it's really not easy. Um, just stop don't kind of snag indigenous fun. rituals for the sake of being aesthetic for TikTok. You are not an indigenous person. This is not your culture. This is not, these are not your rituals. Just just stop. One is dangerous for you and the people around you. And um, it's disrespectful. It's If, if that is not your thing, stop it. You have just the world. You don't need the sage. Calm down. Literally deal with the cards that you've been dealt. And unfortunately, it is Christianity. So suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't okay. have to put that in. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have an unpacking? Hi. So. <laughs> Good. What do you got? So, I mentioned earlier about the Ten Commandments, and one of the ones that kind of, like, irked me a little bit was honor thy mother and thy father. Now, let's unpack this real quick. In my own interpretation of honor thy mother and thy father, for my 21 year old perspective is honoring the people who helped raise you in positivity honor the people who helped raise you to become a better person whether that be your biological mother and father your adopted mother and father your mother and stepfather your stepfather and your stepmother your dads your moms your aunties your guardians the people who raised you to be a better person and a better version of yourself, that is what honor thy parents means to me. Is there any objection to that or any anything to add on to that? Um, I think that's great. I don't think I've ever heard it put like that, that specific commandment. Because I've super seen situations and people explain these situations in the way of like, oh, well, my mother hates me. My father hates me. I wasn't raised by my parents. I was doing this. Or even the case of like someone taking the last name of like their step parent. And I've literally seen people be like, oh, that's so disrespectful to your biological parent, your biological other person. I'm just like, hold the fuck up. Hold up. Wait. Um, how is that disrespectful if that motherfucker didn't fucking raise me? That. Dude don't even know my favorite color. That dude don't even know my birthday. So when I had a situation in which someone that I knew was going to essentially be adopted by their one of their step parents, someone else in this room was like, "Oh, well, that's so disrespectful to your birth father." Even though the birth father didn't give a fuck about the person, didn't care about the person, or like, so if your birth parent treats you like literal ass. I believe that that's, that one little commandment doesn't apply to them because they did not help raise you to be a better person, you know? 
100%. Why do I give you the credit of raising me if you didn't? Correct. And also, like, why is it still such a thing that's not normalized in terms of, like, how you said of, like, people not always knowing they're the one person who helped give you life in which most of us don't even want to be here anyways. And, like, like why, why is that not normal yet for people to be like, I don't know this person or I no longer speak to this person or um, I was traumatized as a child (laughs) like having people trying to like tell me that stuff when it's like I knew um from like a very very young age obviously that like I didn't know my biological father and like that was so difficult for me growing up like for a long time like having a different last name than the rest of people in my family and everything like that and people constantly being like oh so technically you have no one oh, so technically, like, you're just different. Oh, so technically, like, you're not part of that family then. And, like, just stuff like that constantly. And, like, it really, like, traumatized me for a long time. And it took me, like, up until, I think, college for me to actually start being, like, okay with that part of me. And it's, like, that's just, it's so frustrating that it's still not considered, like, a normal thing. Like, so many people, like their parents are divorced or like they don't know somebody or like they don't talk to somebody anymore like fucking hell and it's like, like it's so I, grossly prioritized i think especially like on our generation and even some millennials it's just so grossly prioritized to make your biological mother and father like your 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 top priority like you need to do yeah. everything to make sure like the end goal in life is to take care of your mother and your father and it's but just like <laughs> Like, your end goal in life is to do that. Well, one, there are some situations where the biological mother and father didn't even take care of their kids. So how the fuck am I supposed to take care of you? You didn't even take care of me. You didn't even teach me how to take care of myself. Are you fucking dead ass? No, bitch. Fuck you. I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time because I'm like... I think about this all the time, too, Amelia. Because, like, of course I'm going to take care of my mom because, like, like I said, thankfully I was blessed to be raised in a household where, like, even though, like, shit wasn't, like, 100% 100% peachy clean all the time it was just like I was raised knowing that my mother and my father both loved me one my father has passed away two like my mom I know I'm gonna take care of my mother in the future because like bitch if I, ain't nobody gonna touch Carmen that's my girl but <laughs> but it's just like how like it's just ooh why have children if your only goal for having children is to have someone else take care of you in the future once you get too old take care of yourself But it's also to continue on their legacy, Kenya. I'm sorry, I've heard that excuse from people of, like, having children is, like, their legacy, and I think that's a real fucking... What legacy? Leave a better legacy, because maybe your kids are going to be assholes. Like, (laughs) maybe the better legacy is just having your last name. You know what I mean? (laughs) I saw something where it's, like, better ways to tell your family you, like, don't want to have kids, and one of the lines was, like, the the bloodline dies with me or something like yeah, really yeah, dramatic yeah. and I'm like yeah dies with me I'm the last I'm it that's it for me um but no it's definitely yeah I definitely been thinking about this also like a lot lately just like my own relationship with my parents and like what I'm gonna do when they get old and sick and like who's gonna take care of them also like 
<laughs> it's all very good. Well, things that, that you have to break down with the, like, the what, it, it's like it almost like when it's so hard to jumble this together. It's, it's picture what white, uh, white, I'm just going to say white people think what, like, the perfect, like, familial life should start out. It starts at white picket fence. Anything that is, like, a fucking millimeter away from that is considered a problem. So, like, the farther away you are from, like, this idea of, like, white picket fence life, this is, like, all messed up. The fact that we even have to sit here and consider the fact that, like, like, I mean, I'll say it. There is neither one of my parents ever probably going to be at my wedding if I ever do get married. No way in hell would I be comfortable. I'm not even comfortable, like, hugging my own father. Would that even be a thing to, like, do that? But the fact that we even have to sit here, like like debate that or think that that's even like an issue it's because yeah. it's been ingrained so hard that it's like that version or form of life is considered what's like perfect and we all have a problem like it's in the, the queer community like so pretty stre- like stress pretty hard just because it's so common it's like you you get to choose who your family is and it's 99 percent of the time for queer people of like, color no. right? it's not blood like it's not your own family it's not your own fucking family that it ends up being. Like, most of the time, you're trying to figure out a way to work yourself out that. <laughs> like, that's just, like, my two cents. There's nothing wrong with, like, how far you are. I am so far away from the white picket fence. I can't even see it anymore. I'm not even <laughs> the white picket fence. Are you kidding me? Just, like... <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so insane to me. Especially when I see things of, like parents who just like completely stop parenting once their kid reaches a certain age and then they just so, expect their kid to like pick up everything afterwards it's like did you have a baby or did you have a servant because like I'm 18 i don't have my phd yet bro like like, this like is, i need some guidance like i know that there are some like never stop parenting and i and i think personally i've seen this pattern more with white families like oh, my absolutely. white friends and their families of their parent of, of of always not that I like if you're listening to this you are either this person or there is someone in your life that you know where they're like I call my mom every day I cannot exist without my parents I need them in my life blah blah, blah. <laughs> and that's fine I just can't relate to that I just don't know what that's like at all like I have nah, I don't know so it's just really it's just like it's complicated it's hard and I think it's better to normalize that than to be like i don't know to be like it's okay that like you don't want to invite your like liz it's okay you don't want to invite your parents to your wedding super valid like go off like no problem at all but like that should be the the reaction of just like oh okay so that's what your life is like that's fine i'm not gonna be like oh my god that must be so hard that you don't have a close relate. Like, I hate that. I don't like that piece. So like, I never went home for Thanksgiving when I was in college. And every time I told people that, they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do you want to come to my house? And I'm like, and it's like no, I, I don't want to go to my own family's house for Thanksgiving, and I let alone yours. Why would I want to go to your house? With your family, I don't even want to go home to my ID to come in, okay? (laughs) Leave me alone. I want the day to myself. Thanksgiving shouldn't even be a real fucking holiday. Like it's fucking stupid. (laughs) Definitely, like it's such a thing that I feel like so many people just automatically feel like 
when something isn't the norm, people automatically are like, I need to show sympathy and empathy towards this individual because they must be really upset about it. Like, it's so much better. And I'm so glad that it's starting to become a thing where it's like, okay, like, how can I help you? How can I support you? Like, what do you need from me in this specific conversation? So it's like, when you say like, yeah, like, I don't want my parents to be at this or I don't want to go back to my house for whatever reason, it's like, it can be more upsetting for someone to make it a bigger deal than it is in your mind because it like reminds you that it might not be the norm when it's like, who cares? <laughs> like, I'm like, mind your business. Like, <laughs> like, so I started like, just, honestly just yeah. being like, if someone tells me something or they're like trying to like, if a friend or literally anyone tells me something that's like news, any kind of news, quote unquote, I will, like, the first thing I will say is be like, oh, okay, well, how do you feel about that? Like, I, like, stop projecting. Like, I've I've realized that I project so much onto people instead of just being like, oh, like, how do you feel about that? Is that exciting? I feel a little nervous about it, but I'm not going to make you nervous just because I'm nervous. Like, how do you feel about that? And it's just like, uh, And I feel like in terms of, uh, like, being comfortable with your parents enough to want them to be at certain events and everything, that completely depends on the family dynamic and your own personal experiences with that family. Cause I kid you not, maybe like like six years ago, I probably would not have like invited my dad to like graduation. Cause like we were not on good terms then. And even my mom, I probably like 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have never told my mom anything about anything that was going on with me. Um, and it had, it, like, it had to go through like traumatic experiences in order for us to even get to that place and just because that's what like ended up happening for me and my mom that's not what's like automatically gonna happen for someone else like the only reason like the reason i have to call my mom every day to make sure that she's okay is because i lost my dad right when we had got back on good terms and so it was situations like that where i'm like okay so that's why i have to call my mom every day and being like hey just wanted to hear you say hey that's it like, I've called my mom, like, several, like, I, I think the most I've called my mom is, like, ten times in one day, and it was, like, that entire time. It wasn't even mainly just because I'm like, oh, I just miss my mom so much. Like, I was having literal panic attacks about not seeing my mom for that period of time. And I feel like people try and equate, like, that to just, like, people try to equate the interaction that you have with your parents automatically goes into how much you love and care about your parents yeah or the people that took care of you and it's like there's a period of time like when i was in korea i called my mom every day for like that first week and by the second week i was calling her maybe like every like two or three days and then by the third week i called her twice and then by like week four i called her like the beginning of that week and then when i was boarding my plane and it had nothing to do with me oh i'm being away from home so i just don't care about my mom anymore it's just like I'm busy right and so people just I'm just so sick of people thinking that you literally have to tie your entire existence to two people who decided to give birth to you technically against your will so like I didn't decide to give birth to myself humans haven't evolved that far yet 
some yes. of us are still quadrupeds. I just feel like, and people use religion so, it's full circle, using religion so hard in terms of like honor thy mother and thy father to just say like, hey, these two people went out of their way to have you. So you should dedicate your entire life well, okay. to taking care of them. But then you also have to somehow find time to have to meet a partner and then have another kid and then just repeat that entire cycle. So you basically, they take care of you just so you can take care of them. So then when they're gone, your kids take care of you until you're gone. And then their kids take care of them until they're gone. And it's just like, no. Also, it's so expensive. Why would anyone <laughs> just like three out of the olive oil? My kids are so fucking expensive. <laughs> like, holy shit. Kids are so expensive. Like, they are so expensive. My roommate is working at a preschool now, and it caught a month, a month, one month, 30 days, 30 days for one kid is like almost $3,000. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. What? That's crazy. Das crazy and it's also just like insane to me okay well again about how like religion and like capitalism kind of like uphold each other in this um united states of america here that we live in um because they both value the atomic family really highly i think because it benefits them the most and so i feel like one religion we didn't really touch on and that's i think because none of us are really experts on it but the lds latter-day saints it's always been really interesting to me i grew up around a lot of latter-day saints um being from idaho um right next to utah shout out to salt lake and it's just it's super interesting and uh, like heather was saying like it's really difficult to become catholic i feel like it's even more difficult to become Mormon. like those fools are secretive as fuck like they won't tell you shit it's crazy anyways but back to where i was going with all of this is that I just feel like religion and, and like capitalism and just the United States in general like really upholds this idea of like the atomic family and that has to do with like you know that goes back to like World War One and like we need to come back from this by like doing X Y and Z or whatever, but it just builds this idea of what things are supposed to be and I think it's just so detrimental to have things laid out in such a black and white way. And like when it becomes like an organized situation like organized religion or like literally fucking anything i think it just gets really dangerous and i think that it causes a lot of people to do things because they feel like they need to be doing them instead of like figuring out what needs to be done and then doing that i don't know i feel like i kind of lost my train of thought there a little bit but that's kind of where i'm at <laughs> and i think um with family in particular and like the way we're growing up like Kenya was saying we were not born willingly we were born because two other random fucking people decided to 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 birth us it's like um it's weird being alive being a human is fucking weird you show up with people you don't even fucking know yeah you grow up you figure out that like maybe maybe you like them maybe you hate them and then you move on with your life like that's right like you're just born with the, a bunch of people that you don't even fucking know and they're expected I <laughs> like you're expected for them to just like take care of you well whatever that means and like so messenger <laughs> um 
this has, I feel like we've been wanting to do, like, a religion episode for a while now. Beginning. <laughs> yeah. Beginning, <laughs> because it's something that affects everyone. I feel like most, most, I'm not all people, obviously, but most people grow up with some kind of, like, indoctrined religion with their family. Um, if it doesn't affect you directly, it affects you indirectly. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you live in America, religion affects you, period. Yeah. Like, if you're a woman in America, like, religion has affected you. Because you don't get to fucking choose if you get to birth that child or not. Like, that's, and that's really shitty. Um, overall, it's just fucked us up a lot. And um, I think we need to, like, step away from that for a second. Um, also, it's not to say that, like, religion is inherently bad. Like, obviously, it was created for, like, the betterment of humanity i just don't think it did that so let's do something else <laughs> yeah if you're gonna if you're going to stay in touch with your religion your spirituality that's perfect that's fine it's amazing i'm happy you found that light for your own path and you're using that to guide you and it gives you some type of comfort that's great however if you use that as an excuse to be a shitty person i'm sorry you're not religious you're just an asshole yeah that's Jesus didn't say to hate nobody. That that's exactly what he said not to do. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Um, we hope everyone stays safe. We hope that you guys were able to find some kind of kindred spirit within us today. Um, it was great speaking with you all. Uh, I do have a pod, another podcast recommendation. If you ever just like want to like uh, like shoot the breeze and just like listen to something that's like Loki kind of funny. It is, um, How Did I Get Here? It's a podcast from Dive Studios and it's hosted by Jay from Day Six. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Korean band, but like it's, it's in English, I promise. Um, but it's a fun little podcast. and he really just goes down a rabbit hole of random shit he finds on the internet and it's just very fun very informative so everybody needs to like unwind yes. it's a good unwinding podcast after you listen to ours of course <laughs> <laughs> as a girl my family emigrated from kenya to the united states new country new people new language but the one thing that remained was the presence of my savior jesus christ this didn't surprise me 
I grew up knowing my God was everywhere, that he saw everything. I believed him to be a benevolent being whose image I was created in, even as I looked up at his portrait that was hanging in my grandmother's home, a frame full of blonde hair, pink and pale skin, eyes, a light blue piercing enough to draw blood, an image so holy, but one that did not allow me to see myself in my creator. But as a child, it didn't matter. I believed in the word of God. I read it like a love letter that he wrote me. I saw the preacher as the postman speaking deliverance each service until one day in Sunday school, we were wrapping English Bibles for poor kids in Botswana and I wondered, in what language did God listen? Did he hear my prayers clearly in Swahili? Did he hear me better now that my amens were sent up in a foreign man's tongue? A foreign man whose face looked more like his blue-eyed son I'd seen growing up. I thought maybe we sent English Bibles because his ears, they tasted the sweet sound of prayer better when spoken in this tongue. I know, looking back, it sounds like a silly moment to start questioning your faith, but that day I learned that once the seed of doubt is planted, its roots will always thirst. So I began to read about God. Each page was like a raindrop of history. I lost my religion in floods of understanding, but I grew closer to divinity, and eventually branches on that tree of doubt spread so wide that they blocked out even his divine light. It was around the same time that I realized that the poor kids I'd sent Bibles to, they were poor partly because of how that Bible had been used. See, when the missionaries came to Africa, Christianity swept our lands like a biblical plague. Our firstborns were smothered under the cover of night. Our waters, they flowed red and full, swollen like the bodies of stolen daughters. We were left in the darkness of colonization for eight decades. We became a continent of Job's, promised salvation but seeing suffering tenfold from those who came claiming grace but belting gospels of genocide, from those who beat tradition from elder tongues and called it tithe, from those who called losing our culture a tax for finding salvation in Christ. And ain't it funny? How they used their God to justify the taking of what ours had blessed us with for centuries. How they, how they claimed to introduce God to our lands when our lands birthed even their humanity. See, Jomo Kenyatta once said, when the missionaries arrived, the Africans had the land and the missionaries had the Bible. They taught us how to pray with our eyes closed. And when we opened them, they had the land and we had the Bibles. Do you see how swiftly they pull wool from the Lamb of God over our eyes? The greatest lie colonialism ever told was that it brought God to Africa. Yes, they brought their Bibles, but they did not bring God to our lands. Yes, they brought their churches, but they did not bring God to our lands. Yes, they brought their guns, but they did not bring God to our lands. What they brought was an image made to justify the breaking of our bodies like communion bread, a false idol that to this day I still see hanging in so many Kenyan homes, a frame full of blonde hair, pink and pale skin, eyes, a light blue piercing enough to draw blood, to have already drawn blood.